0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Starship Chat. I'm Mike from the Small Stars Channel, and with me is the extraordinary Austin Bernard from Starbase, Texas. And we have a special guest this week, our producer, Travis, who runs a company that teaches technology. The company's called Mac Inspires. So I want everybody to say hello to Travis and Austin. Austin, how have you been? How's, how's everything going with you?
1: Pretty good everything's going very well kind of just waiting to see when they're finally going to attach the catching mechanism of mechagodzilla or mechazilla onto the llt
0: the lt the launch tower yes awesome um travis how have you been how's your your day going i'm great
2: things are going great teaching a lot of kids about space
0: i like your shirt thanks yeah, just Austin and I got a
2: little bit of space shirt competition going on today.
0: <laughs> do you ever um do people on the street ask you, like, hey, just read the instructions? Is that some sort of innuendo or something? Or
2: never. I'm surprised. Oh. <laughs> I want questions. I
0: don't want people to ask me about SpaceX, right? I'd be talking their ear off about it. I just went to Texas. All right. right. So no. before we get in our first topic, I want to say my phone just notified me. Google News. Elon Musk. Trolls Jess Bezos as he pulls away as the richest person on earth. Breaking news on this Monday, October 11th. The the episode will probably come out on a Tuesday. What's new? (laughs) I mean, hey, that's new. Well, you know, they were Elon To be honest, they're always shifting back and forth. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
0: Elon, Mm -hmm. I mean, Elon broke through as the richest person only once before, as far as I knew, in terms of the count of money. I know it's kind of hard to count so much money. Yeah,
1: as I soon actually as the, notification, too, right now as well.
2: <laughs> uh, it's all, I think it's all about the Tesla stock, right? That's yeah, when he, the Tesla yeah, stock just jumped. It, it, jumped. It, well, when the, when the Tesla stock jumped um, a lot, that's when he became super wealthy. He's already mm-hmm. super wealthy, but that's when he reached the
0: top. So he'll get back there. So it's not liquid, though. I mean, I guess nobody's, once you're in the billions and billions, your, your money's not liquid, right? I'm not There's an
2: expert at Amazon. his finances, but yeah, I don't think it's liquid.
0: It's just number. It's just literally just
1: numbers and uh, (laughs) on the screen.
0: It is numbers on the screen, but those numbers are power. They do. They bring a lot of power and uh,
1: just straight up energy to wherever they say
0: they make stuff happen. So, I want to talk about using the bathroom in space today, and. Some people don't like topics like this, and I'm not like, you know, an enthusiast of bathroom talk or anything like that, but it's an important part of the logistics of being biological creatures that us humans are, you know? Um, So I'm going to read you a little something from CNN Business, okay? And it's an article that's a little bit, some might call it a little clickbaity, Um, The title is, An Alarm Went Off on SpaceX's All-Tourist Space Flight. The Problem Was the Toilet. (laughs) So, um,
2: I didn't even know about this.
0: Yeah, well, as Jared Isaacman and his three fellow crewmates were free flying through Earth's orbit, shielded from the unforgiving vacuum of space by nothing but a 13-foot-wide carbon fiber capsule, an alarm started blaring. Austin, what's the first thing we would do?
1: Uh, I would start searching, uh, checking up all the diagnostics and figuring out what's making that horrible alarm. <laughs> okay. And then I immediately start putting on my flight suit, making sure that
0: if there is a, an, uh, invent, an event, an event pressurization, I gotta make sure that we don't get sucked out. You don't put your flight suit on until they tell, well, I, I'm sure they, they, they train you for what to do, but they, they might say, don't put your flight suit on depending on what it is or waste your time doing that. If there's something else you can fix. And it, it was something that they didn't need flight suits for because <laughs> the toilet broke. Um, so no, I, uh, but that's, that's. it was kind of a trick question. Just I, I thought you might just say something funny, but that actually first was the correct answer. I would do the diagnostics. Um, the SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft, I'm going to continue reading here, systems were warning the crew of a significant issue, Isaacman said. Uh, so they'd spent months poring over SpaceX manuals and training to respond to in-space emergencies, so they leaped into action working with SpaceX ground controllers to pinpoint the cause of the error. As it turned out, the Crew Dragon wasn't in jeopardy, but the onboard toilet was. Okay, so we all know this. Nothing in space is easy, including going to the bathroom. And in a healthy human on Earth, making sure everything ends up in the toilet is usually a matter of simple aim. But in space, there is no feeling of gravity. There's no guarantee that what comes out will go where it's supposed to go. Waste can and does go in every possible direction. To solve that problem, space toilets have fans inside them, which are used to create suction, just like a vacuum. Essentially, they pull waste out of the human body and keep it stored away. Now, those are the words from CNN Business, their article.
2: My, my mouth is open. <laughs> I'm disgusted. From disgust. Oh, a yes. shock? Suction cups.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think you're supposed to touch the vacuum to yourself. Uh, but so pulling waste out of the human body is like a weird way to think of it. But, uh, you know, I'm envisioning like a tube
1: that goes like up to your bum and then it goes,
0: yeah, yeah, there you go. A bum vacuum. Um, so anyway, the crew's (laughs) dragons, the crew dragons waste management system fans were experiencing mechanical problems. That's what tripped the alarm. The crew heard, uh, Scott kid Poteet. Uh, who was one of the Inspiration4 mission directors, uh, tipped reporters off about the issue in an interview to CBS, uh, but he didn't say that there was any disastrous mess or anything like that. When asked directly about it on Thursday, and I think this is last week or even the week before, um, this is not like the this week thing, uh, Isaac, Isaacman said, Isaacman who was was in space, Jared Isaacman, uh, said, I want to be 100% clear there were no issues in the cabin as it relates to that uh, but Isaacman and his fellow travelers on the Inspiration4 mission did have to work with SpaceX to respond to the problem during three day stay in orbit. And here's where I think it gets a little bit interesting. Um, during their stay in orbit, they had numerous communications blackouts, which is why it's really important to to do training. And that's why I asked you earlier, Austin, what you would do like they have to, it's kind of amazing that they have to train to know what to do without being able to ask ground support what to do if they're in a, in a place where they can't communicate with ground support, right? Um, so, they said that there, there's probably somewhere around 10% of the time on orbit that they had no communication with the ground. And uh, they were a very calm and cool crew during that. This is what Jared said. Um, so, he, and this is important too, Jared said that mental toughness and a good frame of mind and a good attitude were crucial to the mission. Uh, and I love that because that's how I feel about everyday life on Earth that, like, <laughs> That, that applies, you know, mental toughness and a good frame of mind. Like I try to walk into situations with, you know, as an optimist, so I don't, you know, ruin any chances of of things going right just by having a bad attitude. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's, I guess, all that really happened Um, He also went on to say the psychological aspects is one area that you can't compromise on, uh, because there are obviously circumstances that happened up there where if you had somebody that didn't have the mental toughness and started to react poorly, it could have really brought down the whole mission. so SpaceX didn't respond to CNN Business to comment on this story, uh, and the toilet anecdote also highlights a, f- a fundamental truth about humanity and its extraterrestrial ambitions. No matter how polished and glitzy we may imagine our spacefaring future, biological realities remain. It's true. Uh, so he, then they went on. Well, CNN Business went on for uh, to do a quick history of using the bathroom in space, which uh, was a little bit interesting uh Isaacman Jared Isaacman was as numerous astronauts before him bashful when it came to discussing the toilet situation nobody really wants to get into the gory details Isaacman said but when Inspiration4 crew talked to some NASA astronauts they said that using the bathroom in space was hard and you've got to be very what was the word very kind to one another uh and right now I'm just imagining the three of us in a dragon capsule and how I would feel about uh asking for help or something or you know like uh, i don't know well you know it's it's you it's know it's a tough situation to me isn't isn't the toilet like just like
1: on the ceiling of the capsule inside uh, the fridge
0: i don't think so the ceiling is the hatch, I, oh, yeah, I heard it's, a hatch. It, it's a cupola well, that's a cupola.
2: never mind i forgot i heard it is above the seats oh it is yeah that's what so I maybe heard. it's
0: like stowed there or so yeah so, always... so it
2: is it may not be directly above but it is yeah above to, to the side of the, the so it the is sort forward of like forward hatch. A, above them
1: yeah my my uh i guess idea uh, idea image of my in my head of where i assumed the toilet situation on crew dragon was is you're kind of just like floating right above everyone as they sit down and it's kind of like this awkward to like like imagine me upside down looking at you guys being like hey how's it going and then just going
2: <laughs> yes that's, that's some real comfort level yeah and like what, like all seriousness like when it comes to you know scaling this up right to maybe something like a starship um it's just interesting to think about like the the, com- the commercial tipping point of like people being comfortable with well what if i have to go to ba- the bathroom during this trip during a three-day like, trip I, yeah. yeah like some people you know don't even like going to the bathroom like outside of their their home right let alone like yeah what if they want
1: to no public this bathrooms space, yeah. is
0: a rule many people have
1: it's true i'm, I'm gonna be honest actually of I mean, people yeah I, I don't go to the restroom outside my house
0: that's okay that's okay we're not gonna you know i i do but um you know everybody to each his own you know nobody's nobody's nobody cares it's so like to me like if you know the toilet situation
1: like three days is one thing but imagine like an eight-month trip to mars
0: I think you'll be going to the bathroom outside of your house on your eight-month trip to Mars, Austin. I
1: would, I would. Oh, it's like outside my house, outside my entire planet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So. Start
2: practicing now. I
1: have to buy like a vacuum, start practicing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go back to what Jared Isaacman was saying about their low-Earth orbit uh, journey. That was actually slightly less than three days total. In uh, if you count the hours, Um, he said about the other uh, previous astronauts. I don't know who was training them, but we were able to work through it and get the toilet going, even with what was initially a challenging circumstance. So there was nothing ever like you know in the cabin or like that. He said when he says nothing, he's referring to you know fecal matter uh, was never like floating around in the cap in the cabin. Um, Figuring out how to safely relieve oneself in space was, however, a fundamental question posed at the dawn of human spaceflight half a century ago and the path to answers was not error-free during the 1969 apollo 10 mission so this is right before neil armstrong and buzz aldrin landed on the moon this was apollo 10 it was just a flight where they went around the moon uh thomas stafford john young eugene cernan i believe is how you pronounce eugene's last name um during this mission uh, so this was an 11 was the, the, the apollo 11 was the one that they the, landed on the moon with so this is Apollo 10 during this during Apollo 10 Stafford reported back to mission control on day six of the mission and he said that a piece of waste was floating through the cabin this is a, according to once confidential uh, government documents that were released um and then so he was recorded saying give me a napkin quick <laughs> and then a few minutes before Cernan spots another one there Here's another goddamn turd just floating through the cabin, apparently. Uh. Uh, the feces collection process at that time, a NASA reporter later revealed, was an extremely basic plastic bag that was taped to the buttocks. The fecal bag system was marginally functional and was described as very distasteful by the crew. An official NASA report from 2007 is what that's from.
2: 2007.
0: Yeah. Uh, was confidential for quite some time, almost 40 but, years. I, that might be a different report, but I'm not sure. They don't make it clear. But um, the bags provided no odor control in the small capsule, and the odor was prominent. That's a uh, yeah. That's tough in space. That is
1: tough, yeah. and all the air is being recycled, so you're just smell. You're just tasting and smelling the same old
0: poopy air. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you are tasting it, aren't you? You are. What is it? The frogs and lizards. They like stick their tongue out to smell, right? um so (laughs) (laughs) for uh audio listeners only austin just demonstrated what how a lizard smells it does next to it too so um yeah so that's that's uh, i guess that's it all i'll read from the cnn business article i was
2: Um, we're gonna tell you more than you ever wanted to know about this topic
0: yeah (laughs) because there because there is more information well i I, you know what i will read another paragraph it's kind of it goes i thought apollo 11 also had some because i think was it neil that got sick or was it buzz i don't know who got sick but there was also a little story of of waste management about from apollo 11 yeah they had a yeah I i don't know it off the top of my head but um but this moves on from bathroom use to Um, just humans in space in this next paragraph that I want to read to you um, from the CNN business article. So adapting to space is the the topic of this this section. Uh, And it goes on to say that the human body is evolutionarily designed for life on Earth with its gravity, oxygen-rich air, and predictable ecological cycles. It's specifically not designed to float disoriented in weightlessness, a fact that has caused numerous astronauts to experience a sickening queasiness, especially during the first couple days in orbit uh have you ever experienced air sickness guys no
2: no just on a boat i've been seasick okay Mm -hmm. i don't know if i've been you've been seasick austin
0: i I think so honestly i I don't recall it's been a while since i've been on a boat
2: it's bad it can be bad
0: well especially because you can't get off the boat i guess in space you can't get off the cat you can't leave space either um Here's a quote. Uh, I vomited 93 minutes into my first flight, NASA astronaut Steven Smith said, a veteran of four space shuttle missions. And he said that that was the first of 100 times over the four flights wow. that he threw up. 100 uh, times? Uh, he said he threw up 100 times over four flights. Uh, and he said, it's, an odd, it's odd going to do a job where you know you're going to throw up, is what he
2: said. Is, is this, does this happen to a lot of people?
0: NASA has a formal term for the illness space adaptation syndrome which in one paper it estimates that about 80 percent of astronauts have experienced
2: oh my gosh that changes a my lot. life well how much i want to go to space a little bit
0: <laughs> well yeah I'm, well i don't like yeah the I worst feeling
2: ever
1: course. is like when you have that queasy feeling in your gut when you you you, you can like you taste the saliva
0: coming up and you're like oh my yeah.
1: god am i not gonna throw up oh
0: yep um i i don't really get air sick or seasick but i do get car sick pretty bad uh if i if i'm like reading you know i gotta keep my eyes on the keep my eyes front if there's like turns and stuff
2: yeah this podcast could be called let's let's really think about if you want to go to space <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. are you sure like, you want to go to are space because sure i really 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 want to go i really and I, I and, go. I, and, I, and I think i and i think i will yeah the yeah, eighty percent. That means that one of the three of us is definitely going to be barfing well, like the me, whole time up there.
0: I don't know about the whole time. Not the whole time. It's, it's every ninety minutes. The moment, the moment we
1: get up there and we start feeling how it is, like to just free float. That's when we start like our bodies
0: just like ooh.
2: I think the three of us should take a flight in the Zog simulator and have a do a podcast in the plane.
0: You know what they call it, right? The, the Zog podcast. No, the the, the putes. The vomit. The vomicon. The vomicon. The vomicon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read on here. Isaacman, because this is, you know, the space adaptation section isn't done here, and that, that, that'll be the end of this article. But uh, Isaacman said that during the Inspiration4 mission, he didn't feel the urge to vomit, but adjusting to microgravity can be uncomfortable. It's just uh, this pooling in your head, like when you hang upside down on your bed, he told CNN Business. Uh, oh, that's weird. Yeah, well, yeah. but and, and you can even see astronauts, their heads seem a little bit bigger. <laughs> what uh? And their bodies, are like ankles get smaller. You know what I mean. And then when they come back down to earth, they, you know they their ankles blow up to like big old balloons. Yeah. Because the blood all goes Makes back sense. down. Uh, Jared Eisenman went on to say, but you have to kind of find a way to ignore it and work through it. About a day later, it kind of balances out, and you didn't notice it as much. Okay. Now here, this is um. Oh Haley, interesting. See, they say Haley, but nothing happened to her. Um, she uh, seemingly. So it goes on, this article goes on to say not all of uh, Jared's crewmates were as lucky because Haley Arsenault, a 29-year-old cancer survivor who served as inspiration for his medical officer, had to administer Phenergine shots. Does that sound like a good pronunciation of that? Sure. PH. Um, <laughs> uh, an antihistamine used to treat, uh, treat motion sickness to combat nausea. Um, so... She had to she administer, oh i guess she administered them to herself right? oh
2: yeah. yeah by the way i do recommend if anyone hasn't watched the inspiration for netflix the to countdown do, to do so but yeah yeah watch countdown yeah
0: yeah it's good that's good stuff um it that inspired me to uh to make the tourism video um and if you guys don't know on my youtube channel small stars youtube.com small stars there's a a video about 146 people taking a Starship flight to low Earth orbit for three days. So that's, yeah. And uh, I've got this question a lot. I haven't answered it yet publicly. But uh, there are six bathrooms for the 146 people. Okay. A really in an, airplane, they, in an airplane, they try to do like one bathroom per every 50 people. Uh, but in like first class, some cabins have like one bathroom for like 12 people so it varies but you know six is three would be every 50 people for 146 people so double it to six and you still have room for everything else it's honestly a pretty cool design the actual the way the starship is laid out and that eric x and i made big shout out to eric x by the way um is there a ball pit it's not (laughs) a pit but there is plenty of space to throw balls around and like to play ball games and soccer there's there's
2: a there's a rec room
0: the whole place kind of there well so what we did was we shaved off some of each floor each deck has like a little doesn't go all the way to the edge of the hull it has like a space missing and a railing and so there's like a corridor a, ca- a cavern going from aft to fore in the ship and then when you go all the way forward towards the nose there's a bunch of space in the nose as well mm-hmm. so you can really get something going
1: I don't know if you all seen the early renditions of uh, SpaceX when they showed a uh... The giant glass pane that would be like the cockpit and you there's like a, violin, a violinist that yes. was
0: yes i put that image into the video when i talked about the space in the nose actually i just put that that art, uh artwork like a still image of it mm-hmm. yeah it's good stuff
2: i have a question for austin go ahead austin do you do you have an idea of what you would want to do when you get to mars
1: um like to be honest?
2: yeah um well, right now I'm studying engineering,
1: but I'm kind of one, I'm also picking up a few skill trades. So uh, I haven't posted this at all, but I'm learning how to weld right now. I'm also trying to learn how to become a, an electrician and not like accredited. I have a few friends that work at SpaceX. So like they on their spare time, are, they're teaching me their skills. So I don't know. I'm just trying to like, I really don't know. I really don't know what per se i want to do on mars it's just all i do know from what elon has said that it's gonna be a lot of work and we're gonna have to build up a base so you know just build a base
2: you know i think actually having a photographer would be really useful
1: i would like to do, i would document it but at the same time everyone has yeah. to do fair share so i would i would like build a base and then on the spare time but you know when we have like our 30 minute break time i'll, I'll walk around in my space in my my eva
0: suit and i go I was going to say, I could just picture you welding, like sparks are flying. And then you like look up and pull your helmet forward and like pull out a camera and take a picture. I would do
1: that. I honestly would do that.
0: <laughs> That's good stuff. Good
1: question.
2: Cold welding too. So, um, my uncle was a photographer for the Navy. So it sort of reminds me of that. Like even the military has, you know, professional photographers for various reasons. So I could imagine, you know, the team wanting... M- multiple reasons for a photographer to be around. I would, Especially I would, one that can weld.
1: I <laughs> exactly. <would> hope so. <laughs> yeah,
2: Austin.
1: To be honest, to be honest, to be honest, like if uh Elon randomly like told me you're like going to be on the first crew to go and like just start training right now, I'd, I'd be like, well, let's go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say no. I just <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'd be super nervous. It's, it's so random. Like, and I know it's a very random like statement. I would, I would go too. And so this here's my question. I would go Elon, if you go. I would go. I would definitely go. So my question is, is this Elon has stated that the first few starships that land occupy with crew, those ships are going to be this disassembled so they can be added onto the structure of the base. So I don't know if Elon's like, I don't know if Elon's saying that uh Elon's saying that there's gonna be um what's the word? I don't know. If, I don't know if the first crew itself is going to stay there on the surface and just indefinitely. I know they're going to come. Maybe they're going to come back or whatever. I know that eventually, at some point, people are going to start showing up and they're not going to come back. So
0: the word you're looking for is a one way trip. Would I? Yeah. I wonder when, when do when do the one way trips start? I want that's my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, it sounds like the first one's going to be a one way one way trip, right? But I is, guess you can always rotate crew back, but you also have to realize that. Once you spend a certain amount of time on Mars, you're never going to be the same again because of the lower gravity. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough to come back to the f- full one G that we experience here on Earth. Have you guys ever seen The Expanse? Oh yeah, big okay, Expanse fan, Travis. Do you remember The Expanse? Uh, I haven't, but I've heard a lot about
2: it.
1: There's a scene in The Expanse where the Martian delegates arrive on Earth, and they're like the military, oh, they're and all they're oriented. Yeah, and so basically they all come out of this, 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 this ship, right, and they all act like they're, they're super tough because they they took that like anti-gravity nausea pills or whatever and like they're walking and then the moment they get into the building they're all like oh i'm dead all tired because the gravity on earth is
0: just so significantly like it just affects your body after being on the surface of mars for such a long time and yeah and they were like born on mars and probably spend their whole never set on foot on earth at all ever Mm -hmm. and you know what's really interesting about that scene to me was the sunlight was an issue for them too that the sun was just the naked sun it's not completely naked because of the earth's atmosphere but being that cl- much closer to the sun was too bright for them, you know, because the Mars is farther from the sun.
2: That's an Amazon series.
0: Yeah. Cool. yeah, It's on Amazon. Uh, the Expanse. Highly, highly recommend. Um, yeah. I say I always tell people like the first season or even you know, especially the first episode can be a little tough to get through because it's a little bit corny and there's like weird like blue lighting because they're on series station like this. The space station lighting is a little weird uh but it's super cool to imagine humans just like occupying an asteroid
2: i love it the 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 starship designer says the lighting's no good
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess um i shouldn't say asteroid by the way i'm going to correct myself Ceres is a dwarf planet you know Um, and it's spherical it's that big that it's spherical Uh, so Fellas, I think we have to wrap up. Uh, if you guys at home or in your car or whatever are listening or watching this and you're thinking, damn, I want more. Um, well, let us know. Tweet at us. And um, we're going to make these longer and longer, hopefully, if it becomes possible and successful. So share this with your friends. Tell people you liked it. If people like space, maybe they want to listen to us talk about space stuff as well. Tell
2: That's us what you want to hear.
0: Exactly. Tell us what you want to hear. We're going to open up a uh, uh, um functionality for people to actually uh, drop us questions so that we can talk about things that viewers want us to talk about on Starship Chat. And um, with that, I'd like to start the sign-off. So I've been Mike from the Small Stars Channel. I'm Also Bernard.
2: I'm Travis Sluss.
0: And this has been Starship Chat. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Peace.